Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacker Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Threepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void where prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. So... I typed a text to a girl I used to see Saying that I chose this cutie pie with whom I want to be And I apologize if this message gets you down Then I cc'd every girl that I'd cc round town And hate to see y'all frown but I'd rather see her smile Welcome to Royals Review Radio I am your usual uh, co-host, Sean Newkirk here Without my uh, normal co-host, Josh Ward But I do have my Former co-host, honorary always co-host, just, you know, warmth of our hearts, uh, editor-in-chief Max Reaper, who, very happy to have with us here. How's it going? I guess, uh, I thought Matthew Lamar was the co-host, or has he uh, missed oh, yeah. too many episodes to no longer get that title? Yeah, we got Max and Josh, but Josh seems to be steady, although we try to get him on tonight, and he, he couldn't make it tonight, so he's slipping. Apparently, you know, it's you and I that are the consistent co-host and co-host, so... Um, and Lee, Lee Judge never shows up either. Yeah, I know. He he always declines our invites. Yeah, right? We have a standing invitation, but uh... yeah, just uh, all right. Let's see here. So we it always seems like I start off um, saying that we haven't recorded in a while, and that's definitely true again. Um, so we've missed a good chunk of stuff. But hey, we're here. Season has started. Uh, Max, I'm sure. You, your kids are excited, but how excited are you to have baseball again in your life? I'm pretty, uh, yeah, I was getting pretty tired with the, the fake stuff. Uh, I was, you know, spring training could probably be shortened by about two weeks. Oh. I don't think anyone would complain except for maybe the owners since they, they make a pretty good chunk of dime from spring yeah. training crowds. But, uh, yeah, I'm ready. I'm, I'm excited for actual live baseball. Yeah, and they get that free labor from the minor league guys that don't get paid for spring training, just kind of perpetuating that system. So and selling it to the fans is major league action when they got a bunch of AAA players out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, all right, uh, the the business of baseball could be better. So, all right, cool. So, tons to talk about. Obviously, since we have a week of games, uh, we're recording this here on Sunday night, so we have had uh, six games with Tuesday being off, but that's better than zero games like we had to go through for you know four or five straight months. Um, Royals are going to go into the home opener two and four. Two and four, yes. Um, that's not so. That's not quite what we figured they'd be. What did you think they'd be, Max, uh, going into Monday? Well, you know, it's always hard to project, you know, individual games like this. But yeah, I think we kind of thought, you know, two out of three in Minnesota was pretty reasonable. Maybe even a sweep, and then yeah. taking. Maybe one out of three in Houston, which is you know a tough place to play. Although the Royals did play well there last year, they took three out of four in Houston last year, and of course we know they played them well in the American yeah. League Divisional Series the year before that. So um, you know you feel like maybe one you know you can get one game in Houston, maybe two, and end up being kind of reverse of that. You know with uh, <laughs> them getting two out of three in Houston and just absolutely laying an egg in Minnesota uh, that I think caused a lot of fans to panic. Um, I don't know like. 
I think sometimes like the way the team starts gets magnified just because it's the only data we have so far. But uh, do you do you find you have a tough time keeping like a level head in the first week when you know they play three terrible games like that against a team that I think many people expect to be a losing team, or do well, you kind of like still take the long view because? Yeah. So so that's tough because so it's easy to say what's the saying you can. You can't win. You you can't make the win a season in April, but you can lose it in September. Something like that, which doesn't really make sense because one loss in April is the exact same thing as one loss in September. It's just obviously more magnified because you're closer to your final record in September. So losing three games to the Twins now is the exact same as losing to three games to the Twins or four games to Oakland, like they did to in you know whatever the last homestand was last year. Um, when they really, you, you thought, okay, here could be a final push for the playoffs, and then they got, you know, four games swept by the Twins, and they lost by 80 combined runs or whatever the heck it was. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, it is a full, you know, 162 games, but I mean, this is three less games. Well, three more games they have to win um, to get to where maybe you thought they would have been. I mean, if you think of their 500 team, well, now they've obviously got to play, you know, three games better than that. And then, you know, if you thought they were a 93-win team, well, now they've got to play like a 96-win team, um, which is, you know, doesn't seem like a lot. But, I mean, three games, that's a, that's the difference between, what, a wild card and being out or winning your division and being in the wild card. I mean, that, that could really come back to hurt if they are a playoff team, right? Yeah, and, I, you know, I, I kind of made the argument that, you know, teams like this have, you know, every team has a three-game stretch that's, you know, they play terrible baseball. Even the mm-hmm. 2015 Royals had a three-game stretch where they just got clobbered by the White Sox, who were a bad team that year. Um, but I think the difference is when it happens at the beginning of the year, you know, you don't know, you know, at least yeah. a 2015 team, you knew like, okay, they already had 60 wins in the bank. They, you knew they were a good team. Yeah. And it was just an aberration. We don't know that with this team. That This team could be a 95-win team. This team could be a 95-loss team. We don't really know. And so yeah. when you see them lay an egg like that, you just kind of worry that that's a portent of things to come. And, of course, in the Houston series, I think things looked uh, a little bit better, especially, the, you know, the offense. Now the oh, bullpen yeah. still has some issues in the Houston series. So I and I am a little bit worried about that because not only has it been an issue in the first week, but, you know, fan graphs projected the Royals as having the third worst bullpen in the in all of baseball this year, which I think is a little little overly pessimistic. But I do think there are a lot of, question marks it definitely is not the bullpen we're accustomed to seeing so you know when you see them kind of you know lighting dumpster fires the first week i think it sends alarm bells for a lot of royals fans and rightfully so i think yeah and the beginning of the season it's yeah i mean if they lost three games in like june or july to the twins okay and not, it's just more magnified here at the beginning of the season and i think you're spot on with the bullpen where and I think you wrote about this, that it was, you know, it's definitely going to be a question mark on the season. And unfortunately, the 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 two-headed monster that we thought was going to be good, uh, Strom and Herrera, has really just been kind of Herrera. Strom has really, really been bad the first few games. Um, I think he's made three appearances. Let me pull it up. Uh, obviously, we're recording this on Sunday, so obviously today's Sunday's game where he ended up uh, walking off with a walk-off walk. Um, and then uh, he has made, yeah, so this is his third appearance today. And then, of course, there was uh, the Minnesota game where he was, you know, not too great. Uh, what was that one? Yeah, four earned runs in that debut. And then, of course, uh, he gave up two earned runs uh, on the fifth. 
So it's been nothing but uh, earned runs and earned runs and earned runs for him. Just struggles there. Does he look like the same Strom, or what do we think is going on kind of with that? So, so the first thing I kind of noticed with him is that, especially with today with the walk, is that it seems like he's leaving the ball up in the zone a lot, which is kind of what Soria went through last year. And, like, the command seemed off. Just a lot of pitches up in the zone. And when I hear that from pitchers, like, the first thing I think of is they're they're kind of hiding uh, not an injury, but maybe some discomfort. You know, um, maybe it's a lot of times, like, guys with back injuries will kind of leave the ball up in the zone because they're not kind of flexing their back the way they should be. So – I don't know if that's a problem. I'm, I'm totally speculating with him. I mean, that, and he he did say that he needed a mechanical tweak because he was le- leaving the ball up a little bit. Uh, so it could be just a mechanical tweak that for him. But that's the only thing I've really noticed. I mean, like him and Soria don't have like blow you away, Chap, you know, Raldis Chapman stuff. Like they yeah. they really rely on a good mix of pitches and hitting their spots. And so if he's leaving the ball up in the zone, he's going to walk a lot of guys first of all. But he's also going to get hit pretty hard which we've seen so that's you know without really getting too too much into the into the weeds on what what's going on with him that's kind of my initial reaction but i don't know like are, do you think it's just kind of a a dry spell that every you know every reliever has at least you know a couple of games where they just look pretty terrible yeah. or is it something something more with him yeah so i i think it's just a small sample size kind of thing um his so and maybe so his zone percentage and again we're talking small sample size here last year his zone percentage which is the pitches he threw inside the strike zone uh was 49.9 percent and then this year it's up to 58.3 percent um so he was right on league average last year this year he's well above league average so again it's just small stuff but it could be something where he's just trying to pound the zone and getting beat by that um and that might make sense but of course when you look at today's game with houston he was just completely wild Mm -hmm. it seemed like so it isn't – I don't know if the zone thing works, and that's a good thing. I think Jeff Zimmerman, um, he found that pitchers who can't – who all of a sudden have big jumps in their uh, outside of the zone percentage uh, pitches, so pitches that are balls effectively, um, that means there's an injury. You know, There's a bunch of things that are ideas of an injury, velocity decline, uh, strike zone issues. But that's one thing that, you know, if it's a mechanical injury thing, okay, you know, we have somewhat of an answer. But it just doesn't seem like that. And I looked earlier today and saw that his release points look like they're the exact same for the most part. Um, But it's interesting to maybe break down and see how his pitches are different. Um, Last year with Soria to begin the year, I remember his curveball was dropping. I don't remember if it was more or less, but there was a change from his 2015 curveball against his 2016 curveball, and you could see it right on like a scatter plot. I mean, it looked completely different. Um, the two points were way far away from each other, and so uh, that could have been something where it was either mechanical change or an injury. Um, and sometimes mechanical changes are brought to you by injuries um, because pitchers can't throw normally, and so they've got to kind of change the way that they throw to you know to not hurt uh, when they throw. So. I'm not sure. Um, I'm not worried yet, mainly because Strom was so good last year. He did, and I think, I think there's kind of two different kind of Stroms as well. I think we think of there's the Strom that just struck everybody out and that like has this awesome control, but his uh, his walks per nine last year and his 22 innings was four and a half. So he had command issues last year. Um, not like he was, you know, against walks. He just struck a bunch of guys out when he would walk a guy and then strike out the next two batters. So you might not have remembered it, but I mean, he definitely had strike zone concerns uh, last year. So I mean, yeah, I think uh, I think it's just small sample size, but um, I don't know. 
we'll see. The, the bullpen will probably continue to be a question for the next uh, foreseeable future here. And, and his uh, you know walk numbers in the minors weren't like, and they, I think he is you know a little bit higher than average for a yeah. starting pitcher. And that'll get better when you go to the bullpen. But you know people were putting a lot of expectations on this kid based on yeah, sure. twenty two innings last year. And we forget he skipped Triple A last year. I mean he he's, yeah. he's made twenty two. Uh, he's pitched twenty two games above high A, and all of them have come at the double A level other than his major league innings last year. So yeah. he's he's kind of made a big jump to the big leagues, and people were like, oh, he should be the eighth inning guy. Well, he's probably going to have to be eased into that role. He probably you know has a lot of expectations on him, and there's a lot of pressure on him, and, and, and uh, you know maybe he's overthrowing. That could be a possibility as well. But uh, you know he's a guy that's probably going to have to get his feet wet a little bit, and we can't expect him to just be – you know, H, part of the next HGH automatically when he uh, uh, he probably has a ways to go before he gets to that to that level. I wish we had. Uh, it'd be great if there was Strom if the if the bullpen went Strom as closer, Herrera as setup man. Well, then we sign someone with an I and a T. <laughs> that way it could be S H I T. That'd be uh, not safe for work, I think. Yeah, yeah. I can't think of an, I leave it with an I. There's got to be an Iglesias or something out there. Okay. Um, all right. Well, yeah, I, I'm not that worried about Strom. But you know who's been looking good? Uh, counter, uh, you know, counterintuitive to last year or opposite of last year is uh, Joaquin Soria. And I know you're a Soria fan. You might even be a Soria apologist. <laughs> yeah, might be, yeah. Yeah, he's, he's looked pretty good. Um, he's hitting his spots a little bit better and – um, you know, with him, it, it was kind of mystifying last year because he didn't seem like I said he was his command was a little bit off, but it you know his uh-huh. velocity was still, I think it was actually up a tick maybe last year. Yeah, it was. Um, but um, and his strikeout numbers were pretty good last year. He just he had a really high walk rate for him, which is I yeah. think, kind of part kind of his death now. But um, yeah, it's good to see him back, and 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 he had a two inning outing today. Looked pretty sharp. Got in a little bit of a jam, but but had some nice plays defensively on his part to get out of it. So I'm encouraged. I think they're going to need him. I mean, look, when when a small market team plunges $25 million into a reliever, they kind of yeah. need that guy to pan out. So yeah, uh, uh-huh. and especially with the way the bullpen is right now, with with you know, there's no more Wade Davis, no more Greg Holland. They need Soria to kind of be that eighth inning guy that Ned Yost is going to use him as. Uh, and so he really needs to pan out, uh, especially with Strom having these struggles. So I'm I'm pretty encouraged so far. Uh, I think he can bounce back. You know, we know relievers can be pretty volatile with the performance, so yeah. it wouldn't surprise me at all if he he bounces back and is a pretty effective reliever this year. But I don't. What's your what's been your early impression out of him? Yeah, you know, if, if I if a week ago, if on whatever Sunday before the season started, you said, who do you think is going to give up seven runs first, Joaquin Soria or? Excuse me. Who do you think is going to have zero runs by the end of the week, and who's going to have seven runs allowed by the end of the week? And I would have said Joaquin Soria, but it's been the exact opposite. Soria uh, has not allowed a run, and he's only allowed one hit. Um, so he's been much, much better than to start the year last year, um, which you know was just the worst timing because coming off that big, that relatively big contract, um, and he just was not good to start the season. I want to take a look at what that was real quick. Uh, yeah, he gave up, that's right, three runs uh, in his debut against the Mets, and then he gave up one in Minnesota. Then he, his whole April was just not good at all. Um, so Soria, obviously come out the gates better. Um, walked a bit. He's got three walks to four strikeouts, so that's obviously going to have to fix, but he hasn't allowed a home run, which is kind of nice. Um, and so, yeah, it's been okay. He's I, I, I didn't like the contract to begin with, and I'm still not that much a fan, but, uh, I mean, it's been okay. I'd like to see the walks 
not live around where they were last year and where they've been so far this year. Uh, but that's really the only thing holding them back from being really, you know, really good. A guy that you can really trust with the eighth inning, I would say. No. Uh, but new guys, new relievers, Travis Wood, who I always have to stop myself from saying Alex Wood. I don't know why, but Alex Wood comes to my mind first. Um, and then Brandon Wood, the old angel slugger. Uh, but Travis Wood, he has been not so fun uh, to start the year. He's been very Strom-esque. Yeah, I, I'm surprised Kerry Wood doesn't come to mind because I think every the first time uh-huh. I posted an article that uh, the Royals had signed him, I think half the people thought it was Kerry Wood, <laughs> which uh, Kerry yeah. Wood would be great. Uh, I don't yeah. know about Kerry Wood at this point in his career. No. Um, yeah, Travis Wood has not looked particularly sharp. Um Probably not helping his chances of ever getting back into the rotation if he was hoping to yeah. to get that chance, especially after Carnes pitched really well on Sunday against Houston. So, uh, you know, and I, some of that I think is on him, but some of that is kind of on Ned Yost. And I think you you kind of agreed on Twitter, or at least made that point that he should not be facing right-handed hitters never. in yeah. high leverage situations because he is yeah. not a very good. He is an excellent pitcher against left-handed hitters, and he is. I mean, I, I put up his numbers last year, and they're worse than Soria's numbers against all hitters. And we know how much Soria struggled last year. I mean, he gets yeah. he gets lit up pretty well against right-handed hitters. And you know, we saw you know in day one, Ned Yost has him against Miguel Sano, who we know what kind of power he has in a you know tight situation in Minnesota. And of course, he gives he gives up the the lead there. Um, and and it's been you know he struggles against right-handers. That's pretty obvious. So I think Ned and you know Ned is not used to having a left-handed specialist, really. I mean, you look at the roster last couple of years, the only guys we've really had yeah. are Franklin Morales. Yeah. And uh, who's the was other guy? Collins? Was he Collins a wasn't left- really used as a lefty, and I don't think he has a bunch of a split. So I think it's really been just Morales yeah. and, oh, uh, Scott Downs, who we had for a couple months. Oh, those, those, yeah. those are really the only two okay. left-handed specialists I think we've had under Ned Yost. Um, so it may be – I don't know if it's something he's, he's comfortable with, using yeah. um but he's gonna have to really learn how to use wood to maximize his efficiency or effectiveness because it's not gonna be against right handers yeah and you'd mentioned Carnes. um really surprised okay so maybe not surprised but interesting so Carnes, uh you know in his royals debut he actually i thought it was really weird seeing him come in for some reason not weird but uh on the game against minnesota on what would have been wednesday so game three um Yost brought him out as a reliever, which I thought was kind of weird because I was like, okay, I thought he was going to be in the rotation for sure. Uh, so it might have been – I think it timed up perfectly with kind of maybe when he was supposed to pitch. But uh, So he came, comes in, <clears throat> excuse me, gives up four runs just right off the bat. And he's and, been a bad reliever throughout his – I mean, yeah. it's a small sample size, like 16 innings, yeah. but he's not been a very good reliever in his career. No, and then you know that's over you know two outs of an inning, so point two innings. And then today or Sunday um, – he comes in and pitches, you know, five and two thirds, and uh, it was good. I mean, he, he limited the home run, uh, the earned runs, and gave up the single home run. He didn't get the walks. Uh, he had two walks, three strikeouts, so it was okay. He did his job as far as preventing runs. Excuse me. <clears throat> um, Darren Wilman at Statcast he tweeted out a bunch of things about uh, the Astros hitters had like ten, not ten. They had like five or six guys had uh, individual batted balls that were over like 100 miles per hour. So hmm. he was getting hit hard, um, but his defense did very well. And so, you know, it, it was interesting to see Carnes just do good 
as a reliever, but really, really bad on Wednesday, you know, in his short time. Excuse me, really good as a starter, mm-hmm. poor as a reliever. Um, do you think Carnes kind of stays in the rotation all year? I know it's kind of play it by ear, um, but it feels like Yost, with what Yost kind of saw today, I, I think that bought Carnes like several, 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 several more starts, if not you know, maybe the rest of the year, unless something goes really crazy, right? Yeah, and I think so. First of all, I just, when you when you mentioned him coming in relief like that, I think Ned, you must be like of some school of thought that like if you throw, if you come into a yeah. game on your throw day, it must be really good because right. it reminded me of your Donna Ventura coming in in the wild card yeah. game like two days after he had made a start, and I'm like, <laughs> what are you doing, Ned? Why is he? I mean, because it wasn't like the bullpen was taxed at that point. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. he must have. I don't know. I don't know what was up with that, but um. Yeah, I think Carnes is a good candidate to stick in the rotation, um, and I and I I've been pretty high on him. I, th- I was I thought that was a I, I love Dyson. I you know I don't think you're going to get fair value for Dyson just because I think he's underrated by the Royals and a lot of other teams. But for if you are going to trade him and get a pitcher that has some red flags to his resume, I thought Carnes is a kind of high upside, not sure. super high upside, but I think he can be a number three starter for you. You can definitely strike guys out. Yeah, I think the contact is a little troubling. He had some trouble in the fifth as well. He has trouble going deep in games, um, but for what the Royals need right now, which is kind of a, a cheap starter who can kind of, uh, you know, be a solid number four guy, I guess, starter, uh, put up an ERA probably in the high threes, maybe round four. I think he can probably do that. Um, and I guess the, the, what I was encouraged by with his transaction, with the, the trade, is it seems like they're they're specifically going after starting pitchers that can miss bats. Like Kennedy was yeah. definitely a guy that can miss bats for whatever you want to say about him. He, that's one thing he can do. Carnes definitely misses bats, uh, and I think that's a, that's a profound shift in philosophy from the organization that once stressed pitching to contact. So uh, that's encouraging. And I think he he's a guy that can stick. Um, I think injuries are a concern with him a little bit. He did have a back injury that kept him out half the year, and I think he's had um, Tommy John before. Um, and so that's a concern, and going deep in games is a concern. But um, yeah, I think I think he I think he can stick in the rotation. Um, what, what I mean, what I know you, the hard hitting, the hard hits concern you a little bit. But is there are there, are there more long term concerns you have from Collins, or do you, do you think he's a guy that can be in the rotation? Yeah, well, for a while? the walks are it. I mean, yeah. that's the one thing is everybody knows he's got pretty good stuff. Um, but I mean, he's got a you know almost a career four walk rate, and he's walked uh, uh what is it uh almost 10% of the batters he's faced for his career. And that's mixed between relief and, and starting. So I'd have to go deeper to see what he did as a starter. Um, but yeah, I mean, just really the walks, uh, you know, um, and I guess there is a bit of a concern like, as well with the durability. Um, you mentioned his back and, you know, he's never pitched more than 147 innings. It looks like with the Rays back in 2015. So, um, and that was over 27 starts. And so that's not even, I mean, figure if a guy goes, let me see 147 divided by 27, that's uh, five and a half innings or whatever, 5.4 innings, which probably is pretty close to 5.1 innings um, overall. So it's not as if he's been durable, especially if he's averaging just a little more than five innings a game when he does start. Um, so those are the two things. I think walks and uh, durability. But, I mean, he went out well today. If, you know, five days from now he goes out and does well against uh, L.A., I think is who he would go against by then. Uh, then yeah, I mean I think Yost is just going to keep putting him out there until if he if slash when he strings together a bunch of bad starts. 
But even then, I mean, even if he does get pulled, who's taking his place? Right, uh, right. Chris Young or Wood, who's been not very good. I mean, yeah. it's not like there's much after him necessarily. And I will say that um, I know you know Saris at Fangraphs pointed out that Carnes kind of had a his his release point was dropping a little bit, and that could have been a source of some of his problems last year. Yeah. And I know that Island Dave Island, the Royals pitching coach, likes to kind of stress going high um, oh, yeah. his release points with Kennedy and I think Duffy a little bit as well. So. If that's a point of emphasis that the Royals have, and that's a mechanical issue that can work out with them, I you know I think working with their ballpark and and, and um, their outfield I think could help them as well with his fly ball rates. Uh, so I think it could be a pretty good fit for him if, if they can if Island can kind of work his magic. Um, but yeah, like I don't know what other option. And I think they have better depth than they had last year. Um, you know, Young is not that encouraging, but and Wood even Wood. You know, he struggles against righties, but he's had some success, I guess, as a starting pitcher. But, you know, Kyle Zimmer, cross your, you know, fingers, can hit, you know, yeah. if he can stay healthy. Josh Stamont didn't have a particularly encouraging uh, debut this yeah. year, but, um, yeah. you know, it's, he's still young and could could uh, have a nice year, maybe find himself in the big leagues. Uh, so there's uh, some other options, but, yeah, it's not right now, unless he's just out there being Guthrie-esque, which has a new meaning now. Yeah. Uh, uh, then I think they're going to stick with him, and and then they probably should. I think because I think there's some some upside with him that that maybe some other guys don't have. Okay, so left hand. So I I went to play index. Uh, throws left-handed. Left-handed. So most innings pitched by a left-hander against left-handed batter. Excuse me, left-handed pitcher against left-handed batter. So lefty on lefty, and I put game start as zero. So I try to find a reliever since in the Ned Yost era. Tim Collins, 95 innings, which, of course, this doesn't count for how many innings they might have had against righties, right. but I just tried to see who got the most against lefties. So Tim Collins, Francisco Lee Bueno, yeah. Franco Morales, and Jose Mahares are up there. Jose um, Mahares, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So there's been there's been very few, maybe not few, but, I mean, there's not, not that many at all. Because yeah. Collins, I think you're right, he didn't just only face uh, lefties. He, I think I remember him coming against everybody, and you mentioned Morales was lefty only. So... Yeah, especially since Morales was there for a while. So, all right, I think I'm with you. Yeah, yeah no, Yost doesn't necessarily like the Lukey thing, and I think that's just because he's got a kind of a general trust in his bullpen. Right. He just kind of thinks, you know, he kind of likes everybody going after everybody for everything. So, mm-hmm. huh? that's uh, that's the man. So, um, one thing, one encouraging uh, thing so far, at least, well, a couple things, but one that obviously everybody was really excited for was to get uh, more of Danny Duffy. Um, and he's been really good so far this year. Um, what are your thoughts on on the Duff Man so far? Um, the first thing that stood out to me was that his changeup looked really impressive. Uh, I thought yeah. um, I thought that it looked he was getting a lot of whiffs. And I I, I want to say he threw twenty six of them and got like uh, seven seven whiffs out of it or something like that. Uh, There's quite a quite a uh, quite a few whiffs that he was getting from his changeup, which is pretty encouraging to see. And um, and you know I was kind of worried that he'd come out on opening day and try to throw 200 miles an hour he'd be all amped yeah. up and uh, his velocity is actually down a little bit which uh jeff zimmerman tweeted out now you seem to be a little concerned about duffy uh, having his velocity down which you know maybe they're you know that certainly as a tommy john survivor we'd want to keep a close eye on him but uh yeah uh, but you know i thought it, i i thought it was more him being mature staying within himself not you know trying to hit his spots which i thought he did really well he was really painting the corners and i saw a really cerebral duffy out there kind of working working the you know corners working the changing speeds really well 
So I was pretty encouraged by that. I, you know, you'd always wonder with a guy like that that's only put up one good year like that um, if it's it was a fluke or he's just, you know always going to be inconsistent. And I mean, so far through two starts, I think he's earning his his new contract. I mean, uh, what do you think? Yeah, there was a moment. There was a great sequence um, uh, where it was Buxton. And I tweeted the gif out of it of Buxton Duffy against Buxton, where he went. Uh, I think he went change up slider change up. And, like, Buxton had no idea. He wasn't even close. Buxton's had issues with strikeouts anyways, but he just looked awesome in that sequence. And, yeah, so far he's gotten, uh, in his two starts, change-ups have gotten most whiffs. He got seven yesterday, uh, Saturday, and he got seven on the uh, debut on Monday for the change-up. So a bunch of whiffs. That's his most whiff pitch so far, 14 of them to start the year, which is a ton. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's really great seeing him out there. We knew that... So I didn't really know about the velocity thing. That's pretty interesting. And, um, we, we we actually expected velocities to be up, I think, this year because mm-hmm. of the kind of weird miss uh, – not weird, but the way that they're doing the pitch effects now. Um, but, yeah, that's kind of interesting And the, with the Tommy John issue that he had. You always do have to be cautious of that. I don't know. It seems like Duff's going to be a dude. He's going to – do you think he gets to 200 innings this year? That seems reasonable, right? Yeah, I think so. I think uh, as long as he's healthy, he, I mean, he should get 32 yeah. starts. And yeah. it seems like he's a, he can, you know, if he is taking a kind of a different approach, that he can go a little bit deeper in games. I mean, certainly his command yeah. seems a lot better. So, um, yeah. you know, if he can get go a little bit deeper in games, I think, yeah, 200 innings should be uh, at play. So Yeah, he had 180 last year. Um, and then that's, without, that's not starting until yeah. mid-May, I think. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And he had, I want to, maybe it was against the Astros just this past Saturday. I think, I thought I remember seeing his pitch count and like, he was at like 60 pitches or something. I think he started off the game with like four pitches in that inning. And that's, I mean, he got out of it real quick. So he's definitely seems like it's been more efficient, which is, you know, something that's plagued him. And that's, you know, part of just with him pounding the zone like he does now. Um, and he was getting squeezed yeah. on opening day too. I think like uh, the, the maps were showing oh, yeah. that the Jerry Davis. yeah. yeah. Behind the home plate was uh, kind of squeezing him. There's a couple, couple uh, ball fours that definitely should have been. I mean, shouldn't uh, you know if they're called by a robot umpire? I think would have been called by called a strike, but uh, uh, not for him. So yeah, I think yeah, I think uh, it's a pretty encouraging start. You know, I was I was just thinking about um, you mentioned 200 innings, and I remember Dayton Moore talking about 1,000 uh, innings pitched out of a starting rotation. Yeah. Uh, I was just curious, like how many. How many times the Royals have actually gotten 200 innings out of a starting pitcher? How many how many seasons do you think they've gotten oh. uh, 200 innings out of a starter from for, uh, under, under, in the Ned Yost era? Or the, okay, I'm sorry, Dayton Moore, Dayton Moore era. Okay, so how many times has a pitcher gone 200 innings in a season? In one year, um, Gilmesh, I think Gilmesh absolutely did it. Yes. Um, there's he probably did, he did it somebody. twice. I'll tell you that. Okay, then uh, then there's probably like a Jose Lima or somebody, some random pitcher that got 200 innings. Um, no Lima, I don't. Yeah, I don't think there's a random guy. The, the guys that got it, I think, are pretty okay. Solid. Usually. I don't know. So nobody last year. Am I right? Oh wait, did Kennedy do it last? I don't know. I'm gonna say no. Kennedy did not do it last year. Okay, so since 2007, mm-hmm. um, I'm gonna say there have been four pitchers. Four. I'm gonna say four. That's uh, that's probably what I would have guessed. It's actually six, uh, eleven ah. different seasons. So the list uh, will go chronological order. It's uh, okay. Gilmesh in two thousand seven, which <laughs> uh, you know they 
<laughs> won what 70, Wait, did, 72 games that year, but they uh, they wanted to get their money's worth, I guess. Didn't 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 Mesh end up pitching like seven hundred innings that season or something because of uh, Trey Hillman? Close to it, yeah, two hundred sixteen innings, and then followed up the next season with two hundred ten innings the, year, the next year. Two hundred thirty pitches in that one game, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, it was a must-win game, you know. Yeah. Mid-May true. against Minnesota. <laughs> against the Twins. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Zach Greinke did it three times. Ah. So that's yeah, that's. No, and that he's got the the high uh, in the Dayton Moore era of two hundred twenty-nine and a third innings in his uh, Cy Young season. Of oh, Cy Young year. Okay. Uh, ah. Jeremy Guthrie did it twice. No. Two thousand thirteen, two thousand fourteen. Uh, did not face the Philadelphia Phillies, I think. Uh, oh. <laughs> Uh, okay, James Shields, of course. Big game James did. Oh, uh, yeah. 2013-2014. Uh, he actually led the league in innings in 2013, which I didn't realize. 228 and two-thirds innings. Irv. Irv Santana did it once. Ah. Uh, only season. And then Edison Valquez. Remember, he reached – they kind of got him in a relief appearance so he can get oh, – <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> so he that's reach 200 right. innings in 2015. So he got – Somebody had a – Yost or uh, Island, one of those guys had a prop bet with Vegas that that he would <laughs> yeah. that he would get the two hundred, right. and they snuck him in. They got him. On, they got him in right under the uh, the time limit. So <laughs> yeah, two hundred point one, two hundred and a third of an inning. Oh my gosh, hold on, I want to see. Uh, wait, what year was that? Was that twenty sixteen? That was twenty fifteen. 2015. I want to see what game it was that he got that they brought him in as a relief. Oh yeah, the very last game. That's right against Minnesota. Okay, man, what was the score of that game? 10-4. He came in <laughs> for two innings. Uh, what did that end up being? It was a six-one game. All right, whatever. I guess they. So Cueto and Volquez. So in only okay. three seasons have the Royals had two huh. pitchers or more with 200 innings in a season. So that's a far cry from 1,000. Yeah. Well, and so it always worked. I mean, the past few years it has been okay because, I mean, yeah, yeah. the starters not going. I mean, you've got the bullpen to lock it down. The but bullpen, I mean, yeah. The, they stumbled upon the bullpen formula, and I think the 1,000 innings got thrown out the window. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, um, hey, an, another kind of big positive has been um, we, we hope that – so the big transition of the offseason – ish has been that the Royals have gone can kind of speed defense contact speed defense to kind of a little bit more power with Soler and taking on Brandon Moss and then um big big things I mean it's been Moustakas has three home runs um Perez has four Moss had his first one today Hosmer has one there's been some power now of course they've yet to play a game at Kauffman Stadium which is obviously a big big deal for power um, but there's been a bit of power surge. Do you think it's just kind of small time, you know, small sample size, or are we uh, maybe hopefully looking at an actual more powerful team? It probably is a little small sample size, and like you say, they haven't mm-hmm. played at Kauffman Stadium yet, and we know Houston is is like they said in the telecast. It's not as much of a band box as it gets a reputation for. It's actually, I think I'm reading uh, bottom ten in the league last year in home runs hit. But it's easier to hit a home run there than Kauffman Stadium, so we'll, yeah, we'll have to see yeah. it when they come home, how things go. But uh, I, I do think they'll have a little bit more power than last year and the last couple of years. Um, you know, people are getting excited because I guess there's seven guys in the lineup that have 20 home run potential. But, I mean, realistically, Alex Gordon's probably not going to hit 20 home runs. I don't know if he ever has. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, uh, guys like Brandon Moss are kind of, you know, he still has a lot of good power but he's kind of on the downside of his career uh you know eric hosmer's only hit 20 home runs in a season once which was last year so 
a lot of those guys aren't going to hit the 20-home run plateau. And even if they do, no one's going to hit 30, I don't think. And that's kind of what you need to do these days to be in the top of the league. And home runs, I mean, they're still probably going to be in the bottom five in the league in home runs, I would bet. Um, but, you know, if there's more power, that's going to lead to more runs. And, that, you know, it's not like the, it's not like this team has ever scored a ton of runs to win games. Um, but it's, it's yeah. certainly nice to have a different way of winning ball games. To me, the, the problem is still uh, plate discipline. I mean, they've just sure. never been yeah. a team, an organization that, that draws walks. We saw that, you know, in the Minnesota and the Houston series. They're not a very patient club, you know, aside from Lorenzo Cain, who's been fantastic uh, drawing walks. You know, everyone else just kind of goes out and swings at the first good pitch they like. Um, which is not, you know, and so a lot of these home runs have been solo home runs. So uh, that's still the big issue for me, but um, I'll take more power, I think, uh, even if it comes at the cost of, of some contact. Um, yeah. But I, th- I mean, it's, and this is one of those, maybe not all or nothing, but this is a big, this is a big shift as far as like, yeah, I mean, they went from a team that relied upon run prevention to now trying to be run, you know, scoring. Mm-hmm. And I mean, if you're, if you got a bullpen that's given up runs and you're not scoring those runs, um, I mean, you're it's a it's a big bet. I mean, they're putting a lot of money on the line for the power, and so it's a big question mark when you go to Coffin Stadium, one of the worst home run parks um, in baseball. And it's I think another interesting kind of point. Um, if you look at the past kind of few, other than the Cubs, of course, um, you know the the few World Series winners ish recently, you know the Giants and the Royals. Both come from parks that are really, really, really tough to hit home runs in. Um, and, you know, we've seen that power necessarily hasn't won uh, a World Series. And not that that's the indicator of success, but, you know, with the Giants winning three in those, whatever, five years, and then the Royals back-to-back World Series, I mean, power has not played much of a part in the World Series winner. But now, I mean, it's a big bet. I mean, that's what the Cubs' offense was a lot about. I mean, they had several guys with more than 25 home runs last year. And so it's kind of interesting to see them make this push, um, rely less on speed and defense, which, you know, which was their key, especially at a park like Kauffman. So it'll be interesting if, if Brandon Moss, if he bats, if he bats at the Mendoza line, but hits 25 home runs, is that livable? I mean, not for Lee Judge, but <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, you know, it's yeah, it's probably I mean, if he's still getting on base with, you know, he draws a fair number of walks. Yeah. Um, I mean, livable. I mean, he's probably going to be barely over replacement value at that point. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, so, so like 180 or whatever Mendoza, 185, whatever Mendoza line is, 180 slash, we'll call it 340, which would be insane, by the way. Oh, yeah, that'd, that'd be crazy. Because I think his on base was 300 yeah. last year, and yeah. he hit 225. So. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And then like 500 slugging. Yeah. Yeah. Big, yeah. He'd well, have to draw a ton of walks. Yeah. He'd be one of the best players in the league by that, but that's why we don't. Care about but, you know, the, you know, the, there has been a, a home run spike around the league, and I think the Royals recognize that, which is why they had. Yeah. To, I, yeah, I don't think they want to shift gears, but I think they felt like they had to. I mean, they just that's just the way the game is moving. But you know, the, the other thing is that you know that Kaufman gets blamed for suppressing these home runs, which it does do. But I was looking at home run home road splits today, and like Eric Hosmer hits about the same number of home runs on the road as he does at home. Salvador uh-huh. Perez hits about the same number of home runs on the road as he does at home. The only guy that really, really hurts is Mike Moustakas, who actually hits about 40% of his home runs at home and 60% on the road, which suggests hmm. that you know he's actually probably getting robbed of a few at Kauffman Stadium. So I think that gets overplayed as an excuse. I think they just don't develop power hitters that yeah. well in this organization. Yeah. So I don't know. So let's see. 
So Kaufman, I've actually never looked at this before. Yeah, I mean Kaufman's new. I mean Kaufman is basically the exact same as far as home runs go for lefties or righties. Um, 93-93, 93-93, 93-93. I mean, the past three years it's been ninety three is the park factor mm-hmm. uh, for both lefties and righties as home runs at Kaufman. So there's been no difference. Uh, left-handers, of course, do a lot better for triples. Uh, one twenty two against one oh seven. Um, so and that would be I'm trying to think of. Wonder why. I wonder why that is, because it's not like Kaufman has a weird right field or something, you know? Yeah, I don't know. It could be, um, I guess maybe there's, it's just because there's more triples if you hit it down the line. Yeah. Right? I don't know. I but, guess that's true. You'd be throwing the ball longer. Yeah. Yeah. But, I, you know, and that's hmm. the other thing people don't talk about is, you know, Kaufman does suppress home runs, but overall for yeah. runs, it doesn't suppress runs because you get a lot more doubles yeah. and triples because of those deep alleys and because of the the outfield's very hot um, as far as you, yeah. know, you, get, you get a – a line drive ground ball on, on the ground there, and it'll go all the way to the wall. So there actually is a, a fair amount of runs scored in Kauffman Stadium. It's just not via yeah. the long ball. Yeah, and it last year it had a 103 park factor overall for offense. So, I mean, it was one of the top uh, one, two, three, four, five. It was the sixth best, well, like tied for fifth, I guess, with the Brewers as far as um, parks uh, in the league. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it, it definitely wasn't a, a neutral. It used to be neutral, and now it's a little bit up. Um, for whatever particular reason, it might just be a small fluctuation, but it's at least above the hundred park factor. Um, so it's, I mean, it's it's more than a neutral site, um, but in a Minute Maid Park is has a lower park factor as far as an overall runs based one than Kaufman. So I mean, you could even make the argument that the Astros Park is is a worse park yeah. to hit in, than, which seems than, counterintuitive. But yeah, and, yeah. And, and some of that I think too is. Um the Astros have a very busy outfield like going to like there's oh, a lot going yeah. on and I know they had, they changed their hitters out uh, to replace Tal's Hill but yeah. I've heard people hitters say that Kaufman is one of the nicer stadiums to hit at because they're, there's not much going on in the outfield there's a nice hitter's yeah. eye uh, yeah. and I think the I think the data has shown there's more walks and, and, and fewer strikeouts at Kaufman Stadium so yeah definitely um, and I wonder if that I wonder if the yeah, I mean, it's way down there for strikeouts, which maybe isn't, I don't know if surprising is right, but um, yeah, it's a 96 park factor. It's the third the third lowest um, for all for strikeouts, so it's way down there. And so with Cows Hill, did they, I forget, did they, is it further, did they just remove the hill and start the wall at where the hill started? Or is it still the same distance? I don't recall. I thought I heard they had brought it in a little bit because it was like four thirty-six or something yeah, like that to center. To, yeah, like I think they brought in a yeah. little bit, but not not a terrible amount. I'd have to look that up. I'm not sure to be honest. Okay. And I, no, no. I know we just saw yeah. three games there, but I it didn't. It seemed it seemed in a little bit, but it still seemed pretty deep to center. Right. Uh, let's see. Oh yeah. Okay. So they went from Taos Hill four thirty six to four oh nine feet. So yeah, okay, it's so way that's, yeah, it's way in quite better. a bit. So yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, it's much more comparable. So the park will play quite differently this year. Yeah, so that's a good thing. So that that park factor was based on last year's mm-hmm. pre Taos Hill, which might take a couple years to see what it'll end up being. Um, yeah, uh, let's see what else. Uh, what else is on the the docket? What else do you want to talk about? Let's talk about a little bit uh, second base because uh, that seemed ah, like yes. the biggest uh, issue going into the off season. And I think um, I don't know. Were you surprised that Raul Mondesi got handed the second base job, or is that just oh, absolutely. Royals being Royals? Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I joked on Twitter, and I promise I was completely joking that uh, I, I wouldn't have been surprised if he went to Double A. That's how kind of not bad, but that's just kind of how 
I don't know what the word is, but that's just how he performed last year in his small sample size uh, ish at you know the major league level, and that's what kind of doomed him a bit too. I mean, if he didn't ever get called up, um, he you know he might have continued to be bigger ex- expectations necessarily. You know, it, we kind of got jaded a bit by seeing a small um, couple plate appearances from him, just seeing how overwhelmed he was. So it wouldn't have surprised me for them to send him to Triple A or Double A. I mean, they weren't going to. He would have started in Triple A, but. Um, he didn't necessarily dominate double A, um, let alone, you know, really dominate triple A because he hasn't, you know, didn't even really go there for a very short time. So, yeah, I was definitely surprised. I know they love Merrifield. Uh, they, they obviously hate Christian Cologne for whatever reason. And so, um, because God, God forbid that guy gets, you know, 200, 300 plate appearances consecutively. He's seems like he's always going to be a sporadic guy. So, yeah, I was definitely surprised. What about you? Uh, I was a little. I mean, I, I if I was asking my prediction, I thought Whit Merrifield would be the opening day second baseman, but it was. I can't say I was like super surprised because I know. Look, they like to be super aggressive promoting their top prospects. We saw Hosmer only spend you know like a month in AAA. Salvi yeah. spent like two weeks there. Uh, Alex Gordon skipped it altogether initially. Oh yeah, he yeah. had to be sent back down. Billy Butler didn't spend much time there, so they don't believe in AAA as a development league. Uh, that being said, you know, like he only spent what 29 games in Northwest Arkansas last year. And there, like you said, they were pretty underwhelming and uh, not underwhelming. He did. Okay. Uh, yeah, but yeah. certainly not like eye popping numbers that you'd say, okay, that guy belongs Call in the major up. leagues, you know? Um, yeah. And I see what they, uh, you see him play and you see what they see in him. Obviously he, he can fly. I mean, he's going to have, there's going to be some play where he hits a routine ground ball and the guy, just kind of casually throws it and he's going to find Montessi way past first base and he's going to be surprised because he, he flies down the line and he's got pop. I mean, we saw in spring training, he can absolutely hit the ball out of the ballpark if he gets a good pitch to hit. Um, but the problem is, with throughout his entire career is his play discipline. And it's not just that he doesn't draw walks is he strikes out a lot, even in the minor leagues. And if you're doing that in the minor leagues and you're going up to the major leagues where they throw, you know, sliders right in the corner, ungodly, you know, breaking stuff, 100-mile-per-hour fastballs, you know, he's just going to be overwhelmed. And we saw that last year. And that's just not a good way to, I think, develop that as a, as a tool. Um, you know, I think, they, I think they believe in a sink-or-swim philosophy of like, well, you're not going to get any better facing double-A guys. You might, might as well face, you know, the top guys in the world <laughs> and get better yeah. facing, you know, those guys. But um, I think, yeah, I think he needs probably some – at least triple a time to um get a, get, get at least work on finding good pitches to hit because he's striking out 30 percent of the time in his big league action last year which is just not gonna you know you're not gonna hit for any kind of average doing that which you know if he hit for any kind of average if he hit for 260 with his kind of power and his kind of speed and his kind of defense that'd be kind of useful i think but yeah. can he hit 260 at this age at this where he is in his development i, I don't think he can do you yeah and he and i mean Two things, kind of. Yeah, I'm okay with skipping Triple A, uh, for the most. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm okay with skipping Triple A if you beat the hell out of Double A, which a lot um, of those guys I mentioned did. Alex Gordon was like my yeah. player of the year, so. Right. Yeah, and so that's fine. A lot of lot of organizations skip Triple A just because it's filled with guys who are you know Jeremy Guthrie's and your um, I can't Morgan think of his has been there forever. Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, Jason, God, I can't think of his name, but he was on the Nationals. Ah, it's killing me. Uh, Anyways, um, so yeah, I'm okay with skipping double A or skipping triple A on that matter. One thing though, and I don't know if it was his decision today to bump with two outs or if it was somebody called that, 
but um, he was asked to bunt a lot in the minors, and that's not yeah, bunting can be part of his game, but he obviously can't bunt bunt three four times a game. It's he just did not a lot in spring training as well. He had six yeah six of his hits were like bunt singles. So yeah, it's just which is a good asset. Yeah, you're right, but you're not going to develop your bat doing that, and you're not going to get you know thirty percent of your hits as bunt singles in the major league level. So. Yeah, uh, Jason Marquis is who I'm thinking of. <laughs> Anyways, um, and so I don't know. Definitely was frustrated by that, and yeah, I mean, I think he should have definitely been in AAA to start the year. And um, two six. I mean, yeah, even asking for him to hit like, because he only has hit so minimum we'll call 100 plate appearances. He has only hit two sixty one two times. Excuse me. So three times in his entire uh, you know professional career. 290, 261, 259. So I'll round that up to 260. So he barely has hit 260 in the minors. I mean, he's like a – I forget what his career minor slash line is, but it's not 240, very – 249, 297, 378. Okay, okay. So, yeah, I mean, there's been the power there, which is kind of we, – we knew that's what it would be. Uh, wait, did you say – you said 378. Okay, yeah. never mind. I thought you said 478 for a second. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, he's had really nothing, you, you know. Sub 300 OBP, sub 400 slugging, sub 700 OPS. I mean, yeah, I don't know. How long uh, do you think they stick with him before? I mean, if it's uh, if it's just as obvious he's getting overwhelmed. Have they? Okay, so they stuck with. Well, they didn't really stick with Alex Gordon, I guess. They stuck with him. Well, they did his rookie him. year. He stayed. I mean, he was struggling yeah. his rookie year. Yeah, he was well under 200 even going into June. And he, and, he, and he really came on after that. I mean, he, to their credit, they stuck with him, and he hit well after that. Um, did he He did he did only play under Moore, or did he play under Bear? Yeah, he came up, up under uh, Dayton Moore in 2007. Okay. Yeah. Okay, 07. I'm trying to think of when his debut was. Yeah. Okay. But he, I mean, he, uh, obviously, eventually he got demoted, I think, a couple years later. Yeah. And same with Billy Butler. Billy Butler came up and kind of struggled, and they sent him back down to, for some more seasoning. Hosmer stayed up for good. Salvi stayed up for yeah. good, and Moose came up, stayed up for good mostly. But they came, they demoted yeah. him for like a week, when like what 2013 or 14. Yeah, so I don't know. I think, obviously, depending on what he does, if he has two weeks where he looks good, where he just goes on some Babbitt-driven hot streak, I think he is going to be up for the rest of the season, just because Ned loves that. Mm-hmm. But if he's doing what he's doing now, I think I think May. I, I think they're going to give him till May. Merrifield, I think, had his second home run of the year tonight, uh, Sunday night. Mm-hmm. Um, and if he continues to hit well, I think they're going to be they're going to understand it. Of course, it also depends on what the Royals' record is. I mean, if for some reason in May they're already ten games, fifteen games below five hundred somehow, then I think they'll just stick with Mondesi. Um, but yeah, I'm going to say May. Uh, I'll, I'll say May. May 18th is going to be Montessi's last game. He'll get sent down May 18th. See, I think they actually like – they see him as an asset to win games. Okay. And, and because this is such an important year to win games, like that's why he's on the team because they feel like his speed is a game changer and his defense can be a game changer. Of course, he, he's, he's struggled a little bit defensively yeah, so far. he's which, not looked good at second. No, yeah. he's had some kind of mental errors, uh, kind of weird – that weird – ball hit yesterday where he kind of just fell down um yeah so yeah he, I, if he continues to struggle defensively maybe i could see him getting sent down but um i don't know i think he's gonna stick i don't i don't even if he struggles and they'll just say well 
you know, he's here for a speed and defense. We hope his bat, you know, turns it around and, and then he'll get like two bunt singles in a week and they'll, they'll be, Hey, look, his batting average <laughs> is almost 200 now. And yeah, so, I, I don't know. It's, he's, I, I just he worry about his long-term development too. Like how does that yeah. Oh, yeah. hurt his development? So. Especially if they're asking him to bunt and it's just, like I say, I mean, the best way to learn how to swim isn't just being thrown in the, or, I mean, it's hard for him to learn how to hit when he's just so insanely overwhelmed and trying to get his head above water. Right. Uh, it, they are literally just throwing him way, way in the deep end with sharks, with uh, BP oil spills, with all the sorts of <laughs> water-based disasters you can think of. He's in there trying to just trying to learn how to even keep his head up, not even swim. We're just asking for him to have a have a 90 WRC plus, have an 80 WRC plus. I mean, that's even reasonable. Yeah. Like you know, It'd probably good for, for his confidence just to go down a level and you know sure. be a stud if he can, yeah. and and yeah, you know, instead and of being not, a I mean, 150 hitter. All right, and he's been. I mean, he's actually. He's. I don't know what he'll be. Well, one, he's got to get on base, but he's already been worth uh, a half a run base running wise so far. Yeah. I mean, he's at point six in a whopping five games. I mean, he's a tremendous base runner, um, but you can't steal first. Right. I mean, that's that's the same. So I mean, yeah, I don't know. He's at a thirty-six percent strikeout rate, almost thirty-seven. Uh, it's. I don't know. I'm with you. I think I do agree that, you know, they, they really like what he does and they rostered Terrence Gore and Gerald Dyson. I mean, they love a guy who can who can run and who can play defense and they don't care about it. And they, you know, they have Escobar who clearly can't hit, but he's going to play 162 games a year. So I don't know. That's a good one. So um, would you be so would you be more surprised if he gets 600 plate appearances this year or 100 plate appearances this year? Uh, probably six hundred, just because I don't. He is gonna hit ninth, and he's gonna. Okay. He's gonna sit some games, and uh, yeah, he probably won't get that many plate appearances, okay. but. But a hundred would surprise you absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, it. I guess it, that'd be more likely to happen because I could see that him getting demoted before than oh, getting that many yeah, plate appearances. So, okay. So I think hundred is more likely than six hundred. But if okay. I had, you know, if I had to put the over under, I'd probably say he gets. Probably three hundred eighty plate appearances this year, maybe four hundred. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, another thing we did uh, just back in uh, the turn of the calendar of March, uh, right on to April 1st there, we did our predictions, our preseason predictions, which is, well, by the way, one of the things I really absolutely love doing um, just because it's it's fun to talk about and think about and get everybody staying. And I think for the most part, a lot of us are on the same page for like like the Royals-based ones. I think we're spread across for like a lot of the more league-wide stuff, but Everybody absolutely picked Danny Duffy to be the Royals pitcher war leader, which makes sense. It's hard to pick anybody else. But we had a, a nice little split, actually. Some people like Kane for the Royals position player uh, war leader. Some people like Gordon and some people like uh, Moustakis. Max, you had Moustakis. Tell me why you picked him. You and uh, Dugan and Hoykus, Jeremy. Uh, yeah, and I can see Kane getting it. I, I think I just leaned Moustakis. Number one, Moustakis, I think. Probably has a better chance of, uh, of playing more games than Kane, oh, just because yeah, sure. of Kane's history and injury, and that seems weird to say with Mustakas coming off a knee injury. But I think we all feel pretty comfortable saying that his knee looks okay going forward, and that unless he has some sort of collision, he's going to be okay. So I think num- number one, he'll stay on the field. Number two, uh, he just looks like a totally different hitter the last two years. I mean, um, I prorated his numbers over like 2015 and 16, and he's like a 25 home run hitter with you know 270 330 like 480 slug um which is fantastic with his defense 
So, yeah. um, you know, if he's healthy on the field, if he, and I, I think he's he's legit, um, I think he's I think he has a good chance to be the Royals' best hitter this year, yeah. um, which would be pretty huge for him. I think it's I think people you know we're not talking enough about what he's going to cost the Royals in terms of, of a long term contract um, if they want to retain him, and I think it's probably going to be pricier than people think because I oh, can yeah. see him having a big year and people and you know the stats teams and the scout teams both know he he plays really good defense. Um, whereas, you know, Hosmer, there's a little more, uh, debate. Uh, so I think, and, and he plays a position that I think is, is, is pretty, it's, we're in a nice age for third baseman. There's a lot of good third basemen around the league, but you know, there's also a lot of teams that don't have that Manny Machado or Adrian Beltre. So I, they may feel like they need to go get a guy like that. And so I think Moustakas could get yeah. a pretty good contract out of that. So yeah, I think he's going to be the best player yeah. for the Royals this year, but, uh, you I can see him beating Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, you pick Kane. So why don't you why don't you descend? Why don't you be the Shannon Sharp to my Skip Bayless? <laughs> um, so I was gonna say I could see Mustakas beating the Headley deal for fifty-two million. Yeah, yeah. And Headley kind of had that same reputation. Good, not great hitter. Really good defender. That and that's worked out fine for the Yankees. I mean, he's been uh, two and a half plus one and a half. So I mean, he's almost. Plus some little changes. I mean, he's almost been a five-win player the past few years, and he's started off well this year. So, and he was 31 when he signed his deal. Uh, I think Moose is 28. Yeah, or so. he's, he's going to be a lot younger. And Justin Turner, who I, okay. I thought Justin Turner got less than I thought he would. He, well, I think he signed for like four and 60 million, and but he's like 32. So yeah. you figure with yeah. Moose's age, he could get a five-year deal worth you know about the same average yeah. annual value and and um that'd be a pretty yeah. hefty contract i think and uh yeah turner's turner's been a little better hitter but i mean turner isn't uh, moose is a really good defender i I think i'm with you mm. um and and moose has been the royals f war leader fangraphs war leader so far this year um i picked kane solely because i think kane so so I kind of regret doing it because yeah you're right he's probably not gonna play as many games as everybody else um but I still think defensively, because he's going to play center, I think he's. I think there's a baseline with Kane of mm-hmm. him being at least worth one and a half, two wins defensively. And if he's back to his old, I don't know, 110, 115 WRC plus kind of days, then yeah, I mean, he's a, he's a four-ish, five-win player. Um, and so that's kind of what I'm banking on. Uh, offense coming back, him rebounding a bit. And, and it's really weird because I'm looking at his last year's line – WRC plus is always it's always you kind of always have to kind of calculate it in your own head at least I do he hit 287 339 408 that sounds really good right I think that sounds like a pretty good line 287 339 408 I mean that's solid that was only a 98 WRC plus it was actually 2% lower than league average Mm so I don't know I think I would love to have 287 339 408 from Kane this year maybe a little more power um, but that's still, we'll call it an average hitter. So, I mean, yeah, I just think the baseline for Kane is, is pretty good. Um, well, I do think that the power for him really fell off in the second half too. Oh yeah. The wrist problem. So I think yeah. that's probably a little below what he could probably expect from him. And we've already seen him, you know, he's, he's looks a lot more patient at the plate, the defense. I mean, I guess it's one play, but one ma- amazing play already. The defense looks like it's still there. Yeah. So yeah, yeah I, I, yeah. I think Kane's a very defensible defensible pick. Okay, Max. So you and I, I like to think we see eye to eye on some things and some things not. We were 
spot on together for the win loss record. We both went seventy eight and eighty four. Which was the uh, oh I guess we weren't low. T- Timothy Weber was seventy six wins, but we yes. were aside from Timothy, we were the two low low men on the totem yep. pole. I guess. What's your thought on seventy eight and eighty four? So, I mean, I can I can squint and see this team making the postseason. I mean, like if everything goes right, they could they have the guys that have been there before. I think their starting pitching is better than it was last year, and maybe even is better than two thousand fifteen. The problem is the bullpen is just so much worse. And it, I yeah. don't think it's as bad as it's been the first week. And I, I'm not saying that because they blew a bunch of games this week. I, I was actually saying this a couple of weeks ago. I just don't think the bullpen, you know, look, the, their formula before required a well-oiled machine. You needed a yeah. defense that was by far the best in the league. You needed a bullpen that was by far the best in the league. You needed a high-contact approach that was by far the best in the league. Yeah, They don't have those things. And the defense is still pretty good. I think defense is still top three in the league. The contact is down significantly, and then the bullpen, I think, is just it's not as good as it used to be. So you need, you really need all three of those things for them to be successful, and if you don't have those three things, you need to find a different way to win. Maybe they think you know better starting pitching, more home runs will be that formula. I don't see them making up that gap. Um, so I think it's just, this is probably the end of the line with at least this core group of guys, and I think that's going to be a losing season. I don't by the way, I don't think even with a 78-win season, they're going to do a fire sale. I think you're going to see Dayton Moore try to try to hold on to these guys as much as he can. But uh, I'm not. I'm not. I guess I'm not super optimistic. But um, you know, like I said, I, I I've seen this team exceed expectations before. Certainly, they don't care about my projections, and they you know they'll go out and and do what they have to do. But um, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not. Last year I was pretty optimistic. This year I just I don't. I don't think I'm there. Yeah. They someone told you Santa Claus isn't real, and they kind of bumped you out. <laughs> um, I I'm the same. I, you spot on. I think I agree with everything you said. Um, yeah, I just feel like the 14, 15 teams kind of buck showaltered their way. You know, kind of played a buck, squeezed every little excess win they could out of their skill set. Um, and so, and I think the 2016 team was more aligned with their talent level necessarily. Um, than the prior two years teams, and it's it's actually even the 15 team. It's a much different team this year than even the 15 team um, for the most part. I mean, there's still some guys around, but isn't like uh, I'm trying to do quickly. Everybody from that 15 team in the rotation, Marcus was well, Marcus was there, right? He was on the 15 team. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm yeah, trying to think was, of the rotation. but he missed the end of the year because he got yeah. Hurt. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, so but the bullpen is almost completely different, right? Yeah. Like it's pretty much Herrera is the only holdover from that bullpen. Yeah, let's see. Holland's gone. Davis is gone. Ryan Madsen's gone. Yeah. Franklin Morales is gone. Luke Hochaver's yep. gone. It's a completely yep. different, completely different bullpen. Yep. Uh, Chris Young. Chris Young was in the. I guess he was kind of in the bullpen that year, but he's yeah, not certainly not a guy you're counting on yep. this year. And, and then yeah, Volquez's gone. Uh, yeah, so, uh, Kendrick Morales is gone. Ryan Madsen is gone. I mean, it's a really different team. Um, so the, the, the entire pitching staff is pretty much different, except for Duffy, Young, Herrera, and Guthrie and Vargas. Those yep. are pretty much only four components still yeah. there. Yeah, and two of those guys are relievers basically yeah. now. Um, and then, yeah, and and then of course you had Ben Zobris and Johnny Cueto helping out for the last mm-hmm. you know two three months. So I mean, yeah, uh, different team. So I think I'm with you. I think it's 78 and 84. Makes sense a little bit more. Of course, uh, Jeremy, 
God bless his heart. Jeremy and Frank uh, or Sterling Rice, those two guys, I, I love them. God bless their hearts. They're they're at eighty seven wins, which actually, which is kind of strange that eighty seven wins, which really isn't even that many wins necessarily. It's probably not the that's postseason. Like, right, that's like fringe wild card. Like that's the high shot yeah. as far as the predictions go. So that's kind of maybe telling about maybe the general sentiment. Yeah, and we're not and, we're not like the outliers either. Like I when I surveyed like a bunch of these. Predict, uh, preseason predictions. I'm like, oh yeah, that's right. 139 baseball pundits. You know, top. You know, Sports Illustrated, Fangraphs. Yeah. You know, all these publications. Not a single one picked the Royals to win the division. So it's not like yeah. we're like, you know, yeah. if anything, we're optimistic because we're like we're fanboys. But um, <laughs> uh, you know, and a couple of them picked the Royals in the postseason as wild card. But I don't think anyone has high expectations. Mm-hmm. The, the the projections all have have us what low 70s. Yeah, as far yeah. as win totals. So, and I wonder if that's a product of Last year, I mean, if the team wins, rather than win 81 games, let's just say they win 85 games last year. Does that change? That boosts everybody up. I mean, that changes everybody's opinion, I think, for the most part. I think there's people who could add five wins from that and be like, okay, this might be a 90-win team. But, you know, especially given 14 and 15. Um, So it's kind of interesting to see how much a lot of last year was kind of swept away-ish because of injuries. but, I mean, still, people are so – even though everybody, let's just could say, consider everybody's healthy, which usually you usually do when you make these predictions, um, there's – I mean, the sentiment is still down. You know, so it's kind of interesting that last year played a bit of a part of it as well. But I don't know. Huh. Um, well, I think we've done so, a good job, like, kind of refuting that excuse of injuries. Because, look, look, yeah. look at the Cleveland Indians. Look at all their injuries last year. They lost their entire outfield. I mean, yeah. and they lost, like – Two fifths of their rotation. They were oh, starting yes. like yeah, you know, yeah. yeah they're starting guys up for the minors and the playoffs, and they went <laughs> they won right. the pen. They were one win away from winning the whole thing. So yeah, you know, yeah. It, the, I mean, I, and the Royals are a little different because you know they have good talent, but then they have paper thin depth. So yeah, yeah, you know, they're a little different formula. But you know, this is a team. Yeah, like you say, everyone expects their team to be healthy at the beginning of the year. The, the, the you know, the truth is, the Royals are going to have one or two key injuries this year. Can they? Yeah. Can they get past that? Is that do they have guys in AAA to come up and and help out and, and paper over that? I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, the depth is, was an issue last year too. Um, everybody had the Indians winning, kind of no surprise there. Um, and I think I had the Tigers. I had Indians, Tigers, Royals, Twins, White Sox. You and I met eye to eye on that one as well. Um, I think the Twins will be pretty close to the Royals. I I think they're a much yeah. improved team, and I'm not just saying that because of last week, but. I yeah, think no, they kind of remind me of the Rays back when they were terrible and then they got good all of a sudden. Is like all they needed was just kind of a couple guys and their pitching staff becoming solid. And yeah. I think if the Twins can find a couple guys like that, they'll be not good, but they can be a lot better, I think. Because their yeah. offense is pretty legit. Yeah, um, and they've got guys like – I mean, they've got – they have several guys who are at least two or better win players with Buxton. Buxton, I think defense-wise at least – uh, Sano, Dozier, Kepler. I mean, those guys alone are probably going to be worth two wins. Dozier more than that, but I mean, a baseline of two wins, I think, for all those guys. So, I mean, they've got, they've got a, they don't have really any stars. They've got some scrubs, but they've got some scrubs mixed with some kind of midline people too. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that. Um, and I think, let me just see. Yeah, everybody had the Cubs winning. Everybody, uh, Mets Nationals for the NL East. The National League seems really predictable predictable does it not like yeah. everyone pretty no, much picked the same it was either Mets Nationals in the East Cubs in the Central and then Dodgers in the West and then we all pretty much had 
the same wild card. I don't know. It seems like the National League's, I wouldn't say boring, just because the Cubs are no. a fun team to watch. Nationals are yeah. fun to watch. But, yeah, there's not a lot of – it seems like there's a lot of bad teams in the National League. I think that's why it's very predictable because, oh, yeah. like, the Reds are tanking. The Brewers are pretty much tanking. The, the Padres, Padres yeah. are uber tanking. The Phillies, Braves are Braves. starting to come back a little bit now. The Phillies are starting yeah. to come back a little bit. Marlins, I think, are trying to win, but I don't – I don't think yeah. the team's that great. Um, so there's a lot of bad teams there. Um, yeah. Diamondbacks have a big hole to climb out of with yeah, the yeah. Dave Stewart administration. Uh, so I, I don't know. There's yeah, the Dod- the National League seemed pretty easy to me. Yeah, let's see. Uh, uh, MVP man, we, a couple guys were on the Correa tree. How I just don't know, man. I can't ever pick anybody than Mike Trout. I mean, it's so boring, but man, he's just so good. Well, Trout is probably the correct answer. It's like who will the baseball yeah. writers actually vote though? You know, it's like yeah. Jordan should win MVP every year, but we're gonna give it to Carl Malone this time because <laughs> we wanna give it to someone different. It's boring if Jordan yeah, yeah. Every year. Okay. I'm so with I think Trout will be the probably the war leader at the end of the year, but they'll he, look, he has a bad team around him. They're not going to make the playoffs. They're not going to have a winning record, I don't think. Yeah. So they're not yeah. going to give him the MVP. They're going to give it to some team that has a nice narrative. Oh, look at these Astros. They're finally they have finally all grown up, and they they're going to win a hundred games and take the American League by storm. So let's give it to Carlos Correa. Or hey, Francisco like, Lindor finally yeah. is going to take the Indians to the championship. So it'll yeah, be I like the Lindor one. Yeah, or even Betts one. Okay. Yeah, Betts yeah, playing for Boston, I think is going to help him a lot. So Trout yeah. Trout's going to have to. Content himself with it, just being another war leader that doesn't win a yeah. uh, MVP. He is yet he is yet to finish worse than second place in MVP voting in his career, which is nuts. How uh, and he's played for four seasons, I think four. It's crazy seasons. how good. I just like we take it for granted too. Like yeah, I, like, yep. I forgot. I didn't even realize what a great stolen base guy he is. Like he what led the league his first year. Yeah. Yep. That's crazy. I don't like you think of him as just like this big hulking slugger that just uh, yeah clobbers baseballs, but he's stolen. 143 bases in five seasons. That's yep. crazy. What's nuts about him, which is what I love, is that it's almost okay. I really think Mike Trout reads fan graphs because this is what fan graphs does. They love Mike Trout. They go, okay, here's something Mike Trout is not good at. Like he couldn't hit high fastballs yeah. or up in the zone. Guess what? All of a sudden he can hit high fastballs. <laughs> Last year they wrote, he's not stealing bases anymore. Or two years ago, he goes, they're not stealing bases anymore. Last year, he steals 30 bases. Yeah. He is just, oh my God, it's just nuts. Well, they need to write an article that says he has fewer postseason hits than Christian Cole. Yeah, there you go. Now, yeah, but that might be out of your control. Yeah, uh, yeah. 25th overall, interesting. Man, yeah. okay. Um, yeah, let's see. Uh, everybody kind of split on the Cy Young. I think that's uh, I think that's really hard to predict because who the hell knows? Yeah, pitchers are so hard. Uh, yeah, I just yeah. went with Stroman just because I've been a big fan of his. Yeah. Ever since he was drafted, and I I, re- I love guys with big curveballs and yeah, uh, I like and I like short pitchers too. Not that he's yeah, that yeah. short, uh, but <laughs> and I, I I had to crack up at the tweet of his dad at the World Baseball. Oh, Classic. how huge is that added? dude is jacked! Yeah. <laughs> oh I know God. it's so weird how different they are. Yeah, but anyway, he seems like a pretty cool dude, and I don't I like I don't like the Blue Jays, but I kind of like cheering for him. So I was more probably wishful thinking than anything because. Yeah. But uh, I like uh, I like Matt and Jeremy picking Jan Mankata for, or I guess and Dugan did too, and uh, we'll see if he goes up in through. AAA. Yeah, all right. He'll be, he'll be up for too long. Oh yeah, we'll see. And Benatendi was yeah, when, then you liked Aaron Judge. God, he's such a Hulk of a person. Yeah, and uh, I just picked him just because I look. It's probably going to be Benatendi, but I, yeah, I want to be a little contrarian. Go something off the board. Yeah. Everybody picks Swanson, which is pretty interesting. Um, 
Maybe not interesting. I don't, who's, I don't who else know. is even a, who else is even a strong contender? That's what yeah. I'm thinking. I can't think of who else. Yeah, would. it seems like Swanson's kind of a yeah. Some, Cody Bellinger, some random like, Cardinals minor leaguer that wasn't on any yeah. prospect list ends up winning 20 games this year. Yeah, uh, Ahmad Rosario. I'm trying to think of NL guys who are like top prospects. Yeah, there's not that much. And Bellinger and Rosario. Rosario wasn't even above Double A. I don't think yet last year. And then Bellinger is getting Triple A. So yeah, okay. Um, let's see. All right, and then let me just see World Series. Uh, Stroh's over Nationals. Man, I, I like both those picks. I always try to go a little different. I, Cubs were such an easy one to pick. Um, I went with Red Sox over Dodgers just because I think the Dodgers finally get that monkey off their back and they make the World Series. But you've got the Astros. What uh, you, you like them beating Cleveland and uh, – beating uh whoever comes from the AL East that you know they're all going to beat up on each other what picked you with the Strohs well I just think they've had a lot of I think they've had a tremendous amount of talent the last couple of years I've actually been picking them I think every every year the last three years and they just they just keep kind of yeah fading yeah. down the stretch I think but I think this is the year they do it I think they just they seem like they have really good depth to me um uh even with some of the injuries like Colin McHugh's out for the next six weeks uh but I think they've got kind of the the studs to get past that um the bullpen's a little bit of a concern but i mean everyone's got some bullpen issues so far so and they've got they've got the resources i think that in july yeah. they can be players oh yeah i mean they quintana. can they're, they're in, still in play for jose quintana yeah. for the white Sox, so that could be a big game changer for them so i i i like teams with young talent like that that are you know they and then they're kind of fit that narrative like the royals did of like the team that kind of they got to the postseason, but they had a crushing defeat, and then oh, they, yeah. and then they didn't make it, and then you know this will be the year they finally learn from that and go all the way. So I I think you and they've never won it before. They, you know that Houston's been in the league oh, yeah. since 1961. They've never uh, won a World Series. So I think this is the year. But uh, you have you have Red Sox over Dodgers. Are you at all concerned about the pitching injuries? Yeah, that's a good one. And I was going to say with the Astros, uh, being able to roll out Chris Davinsky for four innings oh, yeah. at a time is just nuts. I mean, that guy should be, that probably be at least talked about a little bit for Cy Young, right? Yeah. I mean, that's kind of a – I like that kind of like fireman role where a guy throws yeah. 100 innings out of the bullpen. I, I love yeah. guys like that. If Andrew Miller won Cy Young, I can totally agree with that just because of how good he is. I mean, mm-hmm. you can make the case that um, it, it's hard to find a reliever that way, but, I mean, if Miller can put up – he was worth three wins last year, and I think Francona is going to be a little more aggressive this year um, – it, the Yankees aren't aggressive like that, but Francona would be. Yeah. So now a full year with the Yank- the Indians. I mean, he could get to 100 innings as a reliever, as that kind of fireman yeah. reliever. Yeah. Um, so I like the Red Sox just overall. They have a awesome offense. Pitching-wise, I'm, and they're both nuts as well. Um, yeah, the pitching thing is interesting. And they could be in compl- – it would be really insane to see them get sale – and then in you know July they go pick up Quintana as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, David Price being hurt is interesting, of course. Uh, I'm trying to think. And then Pomeranz, you know, they gave up Anderson Espinosa for Pomeranz, which is a little out there. Yeah, I don't think that Pomeranz. trade's looking really that great right now. <laughs> no, not at all. And I kind of question at the time, yeah. but of course Espinosa was in low A, so it's kind of hard to, um, you know, if you can pick up a couple MLB wins, if you can get two three wins from. Pomeranz and that kind of pays easily for him. So mm-hmm. I just like the Red Sox. Um, I think that depth-wise, I mean, they're projected to be one of the best teams in the league. 
Um, they're, I'm trying to think of what their rotation with. Yeah, so Sale, Porcello. I actually like Eduardo Rodriguez. They have David Price. I mean, having Sale and Price, if both of those guys are healthy, that's that's two of the top five-ish, mm-hmm. maybe ten, whatever, however you want to call it, pitchers in the league. I mean, who else has that other than – I mean, the Dodgers have Clayton Kershaw, who's basically – one and two best pitchers in the league. He's he's the equivalent of having two great pitchers. Um, but I mean, yeah, I just like them overall. And uh, of course, they've got a pretty good farm system that they can call guys up from. They've got Ben Attendee. They've got uh, Bradley Jr. They've got Mookie Betts who could be an MVP. They've still got somehow Dustin Pedroia still doing well. The only kind of weak spot overall for them is probably going to be catcher in first base. And I well, third base I guess with Sandoval. But he's actually I think he's done just okay so far. He's in the best the year, shape of his life. Yeah, uh, uh, and so I don't know. I, I like them, so they'd be my pick, and then I think the Dodgers do it just because, I don't know, they have Clayton Kershaw. In the playoffs, that's literally all you need is Clayton Kershaw, really. I know they haven't been able to get over the hump, but it's not Kershaw's fault. He's, I would take him. Isn't there a narrative, yeah. isn't, there, isn't there like a mainstream sports writer narrative that he can't win in the postseason, though? Yep. Yeah, and him, I'm, I'm going to look this up real quick because, uh, yeah, that is the thing is that he can't win, and it's not like he's, there's no reason why all of a sudden he should not be good in the playoffs. It's not a real thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. He has, yeah, I mean, he's got a four or five ERA in the playoffs. But I think some I of mean, that, though, is like he got early in his career, he got rocked by like the Cardinals in like one start. Yeah, he had eight runs against the Cardinals in the NLDS. But really, let me just look at the past. So just last year in the postseason. Uh what was your ERA? I don't know where the heck it is. Okay. Um, I don't know. You could do the quick math, but he gave up. I don't know why it's doing that. I don't know. Anyways, oh, uh, 12 earned runs and 24 innings. So not great, but uh, 253 batting average, 275 OBP, 3.36 lucky. So he's good. I, I, I just don't buy. Oh, 4.44 ERA is what that is. So I don't know. Yeah, but they've yeah. already got Bridge Hill on the deal. I mean, he can't pitch yeah. every single game in the postseason. And, uh, yeah, yeah. The Cubs yeah. have a pretty good pitching staff as well. Yeah. And- yeah, yeah, I'm with you there. But I think the Dodgers have Urias, and they don't have De Leon anymore, but they've got Brandon McCarthy. They've got so many guys they can call up. And uh, Ryu, Maeda, I mean, it just doesn't stop for them um, pitching-wise. So, and then they got Bellinger, who could you know play outfield and first base, and they've got... Corey just, Seager, uh, I mean, that can we, for kind of yeah. forget how good he is already at a right. young age. Right, Seager could be an MVP candidate. Right. Uh, and, I mean, he got MVP post last year. So, yeah, uh, I don't know. It'll be Cubs or Dodgers. It's kind of boring. It kind of – do you think it's good for baseball to have a team as good as the Cubs, or would you rather not have someone – have a little more parity? I think it's good to have them a good team as long as it's not they're, like, good for, like, a decade. Like, yeah. I think it's good to have really great teams for, like, a couple years – um, but I think it gets boring to have a Yankees dynasty. Um, so, yeah, I think we'll all get tired of the Cubs if they're in October winning all the time. And I, I picked the Nationals. Pretty much the only reason I picked the Nationals is I was like, well, the Cubs can't win it again, can they? Because <laughs> I think the Cubs are the best team in the National League. Uh, I think they're just loaded with talent. I like the kind of the way they've built that team. Um, yeah. So I think they'll probably be the best. I do have my doubts about Wade Davis going from yeah, yeah. Uh, going from Chapman to Davis, and I think he's kind of damaged goods, and they may have to make another trade in July to get another elite reliever. But um, I think they're the best team. But I don't know. I 
I wanted to pick up someone a little different. I think Nats are really good too. I'm a big, yeah. big fan of Trey Turner. Big fan of Bryce Harper. Like Max Scherzer a lot. Um, so, I, you know, I wasn't super thrilled with their off season, but um, I, I think they have a really good team. And you know, October you just need to get hot. And they've got. They should trade for um, best closer in baseball, Greg Holland. Apparently. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, a lot of fans are pretty upset the Royals didn't make more of a move on him. Um, but uh, I don't know. Like I wasn't. I didn't. I wasn't really optimistic that he'd be that good. No, I wasn't either. I thought maybe, yeah, because you know, I think a lot of fans get nostalgic and like, oh, he was really good with us a couple of years ago. Of course, he'll be really good. And of course, you know, we know that when guys come off Tommy John surgery, they're not really the same pitcher. Yeah. Um, but Holland's he off to a good start. Nuts. I you know we'll see. Yeah. You know, he's got to go more than a week. So, yeah, yeah. Um, I got him. I got him for basically free in one of my fantasy. I races. did too. I picked him up on the wire. Him. Yeah, no, I, yeah. I needed a closer. I was like done with closers. Yeah. I'm like, well, I think Holland might get save opportunities in Colorado. Sure. So. Yeah, I was literally expecting nothing out of him, and he's gotten four. Yeah. He's carrying in, my team right now in six days yeah. or seven days. Yeah, I mean, anyway, so yeah. Um, and what was you wrote about ex Royals? So there's Holland has done pretty dang well. Uh, who else? Dyson and Davis. What were they been doing? Well, I, yeah, Dyson. Dice, Dyson had the game winning hit for Seattle. Uh, on Thursday night, Saturday night after the Royals game, I flipped on the Mariners game and I saw him make a nice running catch in. And then, ah. of course, the guy on first base didn't expect Dyson to catch it. And no one thinks Dyson has a very good arm. And, of course, he nailed the guy at first base <laughs> for a double play. So I was like getting a little, uh, you know, yeah. like longing after an ex-girlfriend. <laughs> it's like, oh, why, uh, why aren't you doing that for us? So I miss him a little bit. Yeah, he had a good week. And Kendrick Morales had a monster grand slam for the uh, – the Blue Jays this week. Oh yeah, that's right, Morales. So, okay, uh, he's off yeah. to. I, I haven't seen. I haven't looked at their overall numbers, but um, uh, I think Kendrick Morales is off to a pretty good start for them. But st- I still don't think that was a very good deal. But, yeah, yeah, um, I'm with you. I wouldn't have done that. Yeah, three, so he, three, well, three, yeah, he's yeah. only hitting a buck ninety. I guess that was his only big hit. But um, yeah. so we'll have to see with him. He's thirty four years old. So yeah, one hundred four WRC plus for Morales. But I mean, it's all on slugging. I mean, it's sub three OBP, yeah. two hundred eight batting average. He's basically including hit that grand slam, and that's it. That's all he's done for them. Yeah. So yeah, and then Dyson has already been worth negative point uh, two wins. So I don't know. Dyson hasn't hit either. But again, we're talking early. Yeah, twenty four plate appearances. It's interesting in Seattle though. Like they're kind of building. what I guess they're calling like an elite. Defensive yeah. outfield with him, right. him and left Leonis Martin and yep. center and Mitch Hannigan right, which could be it'll be interesting to see if they can like match the Royals numbers from a couple years ago. But yeah, and that's uh, yeah, guy. I think I would be. I know we have the uh, Grass Creek battle, but I I like the Mariners. There's a team that I root for that's yeah. not the. I like the Mariners. I'm, I'm going to Safeco Field for the first time this July, and I'm pretty excited about because it it's it's a beautiful ballpark on TV. Oh. And uh, Seattle is kind of like the number one on my list of cities I've never been to that I wanted to visit. But yeah, you know they they've got the longest playoff drought in baseball at this point since uh, oh okay since 2000 Ichiro's first year 2001 I think was, was the first, first time they yeah. made it um, when they yeah. had a 116 win season yeah and they haven't made it since yeah that's nuts yeah, so. um, are you going to is that the only one you're going to for the West Coast? Just Seattle. Uh, so I was looking at that. You know that Royals destination thing, where uh, Ryan Landreth, one of our writers, did it last year. He, I, mean, I think he went to Boston, and he said it was a blast. Uh, very uh, well worth the pack, the, the price. Oh, let me see. Yeah. So like basically the Royals, it's like you get, they set you up in. A, well, you can do the hotel package or the non-hotel package, and you stay in a hotel in the visiting city. You get tickets to two games, I think, oh. um, and then the, you get a bunch of VIP stuff where you get to. 
get a tour of the stadium. You get to vi- you have to meet some of the Royals players. I think you get like maybe a tour of the city with that as well. Um, and then you get some swag to take home. So it's a pretty cool deal. And anyway, I was looking at it today, and uh, it's I think this year it's in San Francisco, Los Angeles, yeah. and Boston because the Royals play the Dodgers and the Giants. And the Boston one I couldn't do, and the I think the LA one I couldn't do. But the San Francisco one was on my birthday. <laughs> and I was like, uh-huh. and I've been to San Francisco's ballpark before, and it's beautiful. And it was, and I'd really like to go back, and I'd like to take my son. So I was looking at it today, and I may have to talk to my wife and know because it's it's not cheap, but it's not it's yeah. not crazy expensive. So so we are going. So uh, the spouse, I guess at this point, um, she and I are going to. My best friend lives in L.A., mm-hmm. and so we are going to go to either the Giants game. One of the best parks on earth is mm-hmm. AT&T Park, from what I've heard. Yes. Um, we're going to that, or we're going to go to the Padres game or go to the Dodgers game. And so that's interesting. But, man, the Giants won. Uh, it's like for no hotel, 700 bucks mm-hmm. for two tickets. So let's see, two tickets, Royals vs. Giants games. So you get both games, one for each guest. Yeah. So I get the seven hundred dollars total for not per person. I think it's um, first class hotels, VIP events, which is tour meet and greet, uh, VIP tour of AT and T Park, a private pregame meet and greet and reception with Royals players. Okay, that's interesting. Get an autograph. And they were photo. pretty nice seats, if I remember from Ryan Landreth okay. posting. Yeah. So. Yeah. So I don't know. It's just kind yeah. of intriguing. Okay. You should, if you're on the West Coast, you should try to do that. Uh, try to do as many ballparks. Just drive up the coast and. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if you saw that Slate.com. Try to do 30 days, 30 ballparks in 30 days, which is ridiculous. You couldn't. There's no way you could do it. But, you know, you could at least try to hit. You know, start in San Diego, hit up to Anaheim, see if the Dodgers are playing the next day. Yeah, because they go. They go from. They go from San Diego to San Francisco to L.A., I think, uh, the Angels, and then I think they go to the Do- – I mean, they're all right there. I don't think we can go for all that, but, no, I'm I'm with you as far as – man, and I bet you that's going to be really great too, uh, that Seattle one. Just anything on the West Coast sounds really great. Yeah, and there's, there's some nice ball- – San Diego's got a really cool-looking ballpark. I'd, I'd like to visit that one as well. And, of course, Dodger Stadium is, like, you know, historic at this point and, and gorgeous and – you got that great weather, so yeah, that'd be fun to go to any of those any of those stadiums. So if you started at Kaufman, uh, I want to just give me a start date. So April twelfth. Oh, they have like a calculator. Are you doing the okay. slate.com? Yeah. <laughs> calculator. So if we started, yeah, some started of the money, I did it, and some of the some of the calculations are crazy. Like you'd have to drive from like Chicago to Seattle in one day. It's like, yeah, yeah that's not happening. <laughs> yeah. So KC, then Chicago. Okay. Oh yeah, yeah. So you'd have to go to KC to Chicago. To Oakland, how can you go? <laughs> you know the one drive day. from Chicago to yeah. Oakland. So you've got a one twenty game, uh, one o'clock afternoon game in Chicago. Then you need to be in Oakland by seven o'clock the next day. What is that? Like Sixteen hundred miles. Yep. And then to, okay, and then you've got to go from Houston. So in the span of two days, you go from San Francisco to Houston to Atlanta to New York. Ah, <laughs> yeah, that seems. Doable. God bless anybody who wants to do that, right. but that's uh, yeah, that's a little nuts. Okay. Um. All right. Well, what else do you think? Anything else we want to cover? Anything else uh, we need no, to know? Yeah. Opening days tomorrow. Home opener. Um, yep. I'm going. I, I guess you're not. You're just gonna be watching no, on TV. Not. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yep, yep. You know, are you planning on going into games this week? Uh. You know. Okay. This is such a. 
I promise I'm a really good Royals fan. I think I went to two games last year. I worked there for two years, so I went. You know, I was there for 81 straight games, or you know, whatever you want to call it, for for 162 games in a span of two years. So I was there anytime they had a home game. I was there for the season. So I've seen so many Tuesday night against the Twins games. <laughs> you know, that, like it just. I, I playoff games I'll absolutely be at, um, but unless it's like a big big game or something. Uh, like maybe a prospect debuted or like, you know, Bryce Harper's in town or Kershaw, you know, something that's like, okay, that would be great. Something I can't see often, then I'll go. But I don't know. I, I'm busy with school and work, and I just kind of like uh, watching the game from my TV. I can tweet and GIF and do all sorts of stuff. So, what, did, yeah. what did you do at the stadium? Uh, two things. I, I, I thought, I guess people might not know this. Um, so I started off as I was on K Crew. I shot the hot dog gun. Really? I didn't. I yeah, had yeah, no, no idea about this. Yeah, yeah. I was wow. on Kicker, uh, 2007, 2007, um, or 2008. One of those is your, yours, my first year. Yeah. Shot the hot dog gun, did the hot dog races, t-shirt cannon. I was up on the dugout. No throwing stuff. I think we're breaking news awesome. here. Yep, yep. Uh, and then they went to what happened. So then they, so there was that. And then the next year, I took over as basically Slugger's handler, which is pretty fun. <laughs> I basically just walked around with him, and when he would make appearances, it was it was a different kind of job, a lot a little bit more relaxed, thankfully. Yeah. And then uh, then they went to like an all female staff because if you notice, the K crew now is only girls. I did notice um, that. Yes, I was trying to picture you in their uniform. Yeah, <laughs> not quite. And so yeah, so but I have a I have a couple custom jerseys with my name on that's it cool. just because of that's what they did. That was the uniform. How'd and you get that gig? That. Was that is that like a hard? It was on. Or? It was on the MLB website, huh. and I think I applied for it. And I think they really liked me because I, for some reason, I was the only person who knew anything about baseball among the group. <laughs> because one of the questions they asked is. They said, because this is when Trey Hillman was just starting as a manager, and they said, where did Trey Hillman came, come from? And I said, well, he came from the Japanese league. I I forget the team. I knew the team at the time. I forget where he was from. Um, but anyways, so, yeah, it, it was interesting, and they they gave us a quiz, and they, you know, interviewed everybody. So, yeah, it was pretty cool. I have heard that before. My my cousin got a job at the Mets a long time ago. I was a video guy, and... Uh, yeah, the, I heard the exact same things. Like, well, he he knew what a curveball was, and that's why yeah. they, they hired yeah. him. I mean, he had, knew a lot about video stuff, but he knew what a curveball was, and he can name all the Mets players. So they're yeah. like, "Hey, you're hired." <laughs> so, yeah, I think I was, if, you, uh, if you know a lot about baseball and you want to get into baseball, you'd be surprised how 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 much of an advantage that is to to getting the yeah. job. Totally had no expectations of getting it, and I, I remember driving to the interview. I got pulled over, got a speeding ticket, uh, <laughs> and so. Yeah, I don't know. It was it was great. It was do one of the best jobs ever. Pay at all, or do you get paid no. by dogs? It was after tax. It was like forty five dollars a game, uh, um, and you were there from like I think if the game started at seven, you needed to be there at five. I want to say, and then you were there until like eleven. So you worked for a while. So it was less than like whatever seven dollars an hour, but you got free tickets. You got free food. I mean, it, it was worth it. Was, and it, of was course, there any got, ever like burgeoning romances between you and any of the K crew? members nah unfortunately <laughs> uh and i and i was dating my ex-girlfriend at the time so uh but yeah it was it was interesting and you know do you have I mean, players just, at all yeah i mean you like you had unfettered access throughout the entire stadium anywhere you wanted to go mm-hmm. i mean i the office was um I forget, I forget where the old office was they moved offices and you by the way you got every promo they gave away you got like 15 of them it was cool <laughs> um but yeah 
like you got unfettered access to like if you were the uh, t-shirt gun guy you had to go down below Coppin Stadium there's uh if you go into the Crown Club or the Diamond Club uh no Crown Cl- which one's at the bottom Crown Club Crown, Crown Club yeah 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 if you go down to the Crown Club uh you <clears throat> obviously have access there's a tunnel that runs from the first baseline all the way to the third baseline and it's just a player tunnel where they walk and so yeah i mean if you were like had, if you had the flags before games they had people who waved the flags on the field you would go down there if you were the t-shirt guy you would go down there so yeah i mean you were walking right past the world clubhouse where players were um they said hi i mean it was yeah so what's what's ross was, glowed like in real life yeah i uh <laughs> i did see I have a I have a not suitable for podcast David DeJesus story I might have to tell at some point. <laughs> yes, uh, seriously. That. And so it was uh, it involves some nudity, and so that not my nudity, his nudity. I should clarify. Uh, so, anyways, but yeah, it was really really interesting. The Royals uh, review after dark now. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. Uh, I, I, th- I thought maybe some people might have known that. No, I, huh. I, I totally didn't know. That's uh, huh. we learned something about you tonight, Sean. Yeah, that's actually really go. cool. I, I'm, I'm I'm impressed. Yeah. Well. Okay, all right, let's wrap it up. That's, <laughs> yeah, that's, that, a, good note to, that's a good note. On Naked note. David Hazes. Yeah. So, okay, all right, well, as always, um, thank you, Max. You can follow uh, Max on Twitter, just M-A-X-R-I-E-P-R, Max Reaper, uh, editor-in-chief, one of the – he's my boss, I guess, one of the best bosses ever. So, um, And then you can follow me on Twitter, uh, Sean Cor, S-H-A-U-N-C-O-R-E. Um, that's it, Max. Any parting words? Anything else you got? Go Royals. Okay, go Royals. All right, have a happy opening day, and everybody have uh, many, uh, many good days. Go Royals.